Coming up, it's one of my favorite days of the year. It's the NBA draft. I love it so much. I love it so much that we are going to do a four-part draft of Palooza extravaganza. This is part three, and it's all next. Let's keep going. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is going to be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to help choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Monopoly Go. It's halftime and the scoreboard's not looking good. You're not sure you can pull out a win? That's when you say to yourself, it's time to get back in the game. Pull off some bank heists and take as much of my friend's money as I possibly can. That's right. The hit mobile game, Monopoly Go, lets you compete with your friends to be the biggest tycoon ever. I might do this with my high school friends. We used to play Monopoly all the time. It's the Monopoly you love, but on your phone anytime with tons of new twists, including leaderboards to compare your progress. There's so much to do. Play on countless dynamic Monopoly boards. Make your friends bankrupt by smashing their landmarks with a wrecking ball. Charge other players rent for your iconic properties. Maybe you'll even play against me. I'm great at Monopoly. You can even work with your friends to crack open community chests and in tournaments to get extra rewards. Get back out there. Put on your game face. Download Monopoly Go. Now free on the App Store or Google Play. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. If you missed part one and part two, we covered all the pre-draft stuff and then we covered picks one through six in part two. This is part three, real time, us talking about what's going on, picks seven through the end of the lottery and maybe a little bit more. Me, Rosillo KOC, it's all next, first Pearl Jam. We're back for part three. It is now 5.51 p.m. PT. New Orleans just took uh, Dyson Daniels with the eighth pick. We're waiting for some trade stuff. We'll see how that goes. If you missed the uh, part two, part two was one of the funnier real-time pods we've had. There was like nine things that happened that blew our minds. Uh, KOC Dyson Daniels to the Pelicans at number eight. What do you think? Yo, I love this. I love this for the Pelicans. Daniels was one of the, the risers. Uh, the pre-draft period, kind of from mid-first round to late mid mid lotto now. So I think with New Orleans, they don't need anything. Like they have, they have everything as long as they have Zion healthy, which is a big if, obviously. But for them, you can play Daniels with others on this roster. Like you can pair him in a backcourt with CJ McCollum. Think about, remember the Blazers years ago when they brought in Evan Turner and paid him way too much money, mm. and they had him paired with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. The idea of that was to have a large ball handler who can provide, you know, shot creation next to their guards, but also have multi-positional defense with Daniels. That's a similar idea with CJ McCollum, multi-positional defender who improved his jumper through the pre-draft process. I mean, we'll see if he can sustain it, but that was really the only concern with him was his jumper. So now for New Orleans, having another ball handler on top of everything else, they're going to be able to throw out lineups of five guys 
who can all shoot, handle, create for others, defend multiple positions. And that's what Daniels does best is defense. This dude, like he's going to be next to Herb Jones. That's going to be crazy to watch. My guy. Yeah, it's going to be so fun to watch the Pelicans. My guy Herb. Now, if you know, they might have to trade CJ McCollum. No, I'm just kidding, CJ. Um, <laughs> more, more, more CJ trades. <laughs> Rosillo, what's the update on your guy Zion? Because the Pelicans, I think, are a high ceiling, low floor team, and he's the reason. Yeah, look, I think Griff was was pretty open about their level of wanting to max him out, but I also think he protected himself with his comment on the podcast where he felt like, and he shared with us that there would be some protections, some protections on, Hey, we're giving you a max contract. It's not the Kyrie thing because it's different reasons, but some protections there because the guy hasn't played a lot of basketball. And, you know, he said, Hey, point Zion was an all time efficiency guy. I mean, the point Zion year, I think Zion did set the record for most points per 36 we've seen in NBA history. Um, but that's not really what you want. You know, it was it was almost a novelty because the team stunk. It was like, hey, let's all go watch him. But Dyson makes the right play all the time. He sees the game in an advanced way. He sees the game in a way that not everybody is born with. And he's huge. You know, like I know what he's listed at KOC. But when I watch him in those G League games, like I was watching him this morning against uh, the Delaware team. And he like rejected some center at the rim and like humiliated him. He's just like, get this shit. Like, and. If his shot didn't take a week and a half to get out of his hands and off his shoulder, <laughs> he might be the third or fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, his his defensive ability, like he's he's one of those guys. There's certain players you have to push him, you know, to try to stay you know engaged. He's just one of those dudes that's getting other players engaged on the floor. And like in the G League, you can see that with his communication, directing people around. Like he he's just I think with Herb Jones and Dyson Daniels, those two guys together. Their ability to switch screens, add in Brandon Ingram for that matter too, their ability to switch screens on defense, surround lineups that involve CJ with length, it's going to be crazy the types of lineups they're going to be able to put on the floor. You can, you, even non-CJ lineups, you don't lose shot, shot creation because you still have Dyson Daniels. His, his best skill on offense is passing. He's 6'8", like guys. I mean, he just yeah, turned he's 19. Huge. And he, he's he's I, I can't wait for you. I mean, I hope it works because he's such a smart player, but People loved him. Uh, I know New Orleans did a lot of work uh, with with a couple of the Australian players, Usman Jang, who played for New Zealand. Go ahead, KOC. It, well, no, and all, like speaking about New Orleans doing work, they have Fred Vinson, best shooting coach in basketball. Look at what he has already done with Ingram, with Lonzo yeah. Ball. Now he's going to have Dyson Daniels. You're going to find the best version of Daniels as a shooter too. There, by the way, really fun defensive lineup if Daniels comes through the way you guys seem to think, where they could have him and Herb Jones together with Alvarado, who's just a, a thief and just prowling around like a maniac, and then Larry Nance. Like, that's, that's you throw that out for like five minutes, that's a pretty fun change of pace. I, they're putting together a playoff team and they have all those draft picks that if they want to get ambitious with the center spot, they have the Jonas, wait, I think he's got maybe a year left on his contract. And don't forget Kyra Lewis. Yeah, Kyra, <laughs> poor Kyra. Man, what a draft that was. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I've liked the picks for the most part. I, the Kings one gives me pause just because it seems like they took somebody who didn't have the best value. So Rudy, you're still here. Um, we haven't asked you yet to go through all the perk comps. You're going to be coming up with those later in part three. Apparently, perks on the draft, and he's had some comps. 
I'm the reason they have the comps because that first year in the draft, we did those. And I remember working with Jalen. Jalen had his first list of comps when we did the draft. And I had to intervene and be like, no, no, you can't say these on TV. Like he couldn't get it. He got better the second year. But uh, we had a lot of fun just trying to figure out. So apparently he had Ben Simmons for Palo. That was the thing that happened. Yeah, apparently, you know, Perk, you know, great on first take. You know, he's a guy like <laughs> I, to mix it up. I, I, I get, I get the a idea. Valuable TV presence. <laughs> I get There's it. No I question. Get, yeah. I really like Perk. I just don't know that like hot take guy like that is 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 on the desk at the NBA draft. But I'm neither here nor there. Well, I'm not going to make programming decisions for them. Apparently, his comp for Paolo Banquero was Michael Beasley and Ben Simmons, which, uh, you know, just... Beasley could go in college. Just to be fair to Perk. <laughs> Basically, was 25 a game in college, or maybe it was more. Wasn't he like 30? I think it was, yeah. Might have been like a 30, 15 guy. Uh, the pick is in for the Spurs. Prediction KOC, or do you already know it? I already know it. What is it? Oh, it's so Sohan. The nine, right? That's who they took? Oh, yeah, I, I, That's I was, my guy. I was, I, was, I was like, wait, did I get it wrong? I thought I saw that. Sohan, yeah. That's yeah, my guy. Jeremy Sohan at number nine. I ha- I've been building a house on Sohan Island for the last three months. It, is uh, the property prices going up already since the Spurs oh took him? Or is that, you know, Not off? surprised. Not surprised. I think he has Sean Marion possibilities. Now, rosillo has got me excited about Daniels. I, w- I want to go back and look at him more. But uh, I just love Sohan. There's no doubt that he's going to have valuable time on a very good playoff team at some point in his career. He's my kind of guy. I know you like him too, Rosillo. I do. He's very different. He's very different because, um, you know, if you say, okay, can he shoot? And you're like, nope. Is he a scorer? Nope, not really. <laughs> but just let him go out there. Let him go out there and let the opponent feel him for 30 plus minutes. And he's, he's going to, his presence is going to be felt. Uh, every team should want a Sohan. But don't, just because we're excited about it when he's, when he's shooting 30% for three and averaging six a game, like it's, you have to look at him differently. And, uh, I wish like, it's like he already understands his role as a freshman in college is a fairly high regard recruit too. Um, coming yeah. off, coming you know, off he was, the bench he was a force. What's that coming off the bench too. Yeah. He only started one of 30 games. Yeah. Time. Well, the Spurs, they're one of the teams that are really good at fixing somebody's shot. If it's not that awesome. So that, that could happen as well. But I just feel like, as we've discussed many times, I like the guys who I feel like could play in the finals that I just watched. You could have thrown him out in that finals. He would have been fine on either team for seven minutes. I mean, nobody would have guarded him, but he still would have been jumping around and trying to make stuff happen. I like that pick for them. So they'll have him. I assume they're going to keep Murray. I still don't know where that Murray stuff came from. And I don't know, like, why San Antonio just wouldn't have come out and said, this is, why are people saying we're going to trade Murray? We love Murray. Like, I always feel like when weirdo, weirdo trade rumors start, I almost want the team to come out and, and just forcefully deny it. And they didn't. So I still don't get that part. I know we'll find out more info. Um, KOC, any Sohan thoughts before we move on? Just love that, dude. I mean, like Ryan said, just throw him out there and and see what happens. The intensity he brings on the floor. Uh, the, the, I, I think the Matrix 2.0 is a pretty good comparison. It is. Like, yeah, I mean, like me you, too. You, you plop Sean Marion into the modern NBA, you might get a, a Jeremy Sohan. Pretty much yeah. same size, right? My, Marion was 6'9", yeah. Sohan's 6'10". Um, yeah, I mean, look, they ran the fifth most, he had the fifth most plays for him on that Baylor team. You know, that had, I mean, think about this, this kid goes top 10 
and he's a four-star recruit, and there were four guys that had more plays run for him ahead of him. I mean, Chet was in a similar situation, but Chet still was like part of the offense, and Chet was really good off off the ball. There's a play he has where like he goes down, he falls in the baseline, and he goes to tip it back into a teammate. Like there is some Draymond shit here. It's not the same passing. You know, Draymond's passing ability is what makes him who he is on top of it. But the effort, the oh man, this guy's out here type of stuff. Like there's there are there are similarities on that part of it where he could have zero field goal attempts for a five minute stretch and you feel like he's dominating the basketball game. It would be fun if the Spurs traded for Tybal and just put him and so on next to each other. Just unleash them. They would be like the uh, Jeff Bridges's two dogs and the old man. You guys watching the old man? No. Mm-mm. Oh, my Jeff God, Rosillo. What does that mean? You would love that show. Okay, I'm on it. That's all I need. No, to know. I mean, like, hey. like you would be like the all time. I love the show guy for the old man. That's great because I just finished the offer. And so I need a new show. Yeah. Um, Jeff we already Bridges talked about the offer. Yeah. Jeff hey, real, real quick, KOC on Sohan. He played center, right? He, like they went small ball center with him at Baylor. I don't I don't know that it was a ton, but that's part of it, correct? Yeah, they, they did do that a little bit with him. Not a lot, but I, I, that's the type of thing we're going to see a lot more in the NBA uh, with San Antonio. I, li- I like what the Spurs have. Like, you know, Rudy was talking earlier about young cores. I think that Spurs young core is low key, really impressive, too. I mean, you want to throw DeJounte Murray into that, who's already very, very good. Vassell. Keldon Johnson, the the progress they've made. Keldon's good. Keldon's, yeah. I think, one of like the most overlooked guys in the league. I like it. I agree. They got a good core. That could be a fun Aiton team too. Aiton, a lot of options. He there's a bunch of teams he could go to that would be really fun. Did you see this uh, perk comp? What was it? He said Chet Holmgren's a less Turkish Omir Ashik. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I gotta double check it. It's from one of those aggregator sites. So. So Rudy, what's I'm, the word on what's the word on Orlando Houston? Uh, that ship has sailed. So it, it's definitely sailed, and I, I'm, I'm some of the Houston Rockets fans are like trickling into my timeline right now, and they're kind of bummed. I think a lot of them were not that they don't think Jabari is a good fit, but I think most of them were counting on Paolo being their guy, and they could picture Paolo and Jalen Green playing together for the next ten years, and. I think I, I wonder if Paolo's even bummed too because I figure I don't think he really knew. I mean, he never went to Orlando for a workout. I guess they had like a couple of phone calls and that's about it. And I want to know, like from you guys, has that ever happened in the history of the league where the number one pick hasn't even worked out for the team that took him one? That seems maybe I'm missing something, but that seems absolutely insane. I mean, we covered this in a previous part. I just don't understand the downside of not bringing him in. It's not like it's it's not like they're trying to hide him because they're afraid somebody's going to take him in front of them he's they have the first pick so I mean, I, it's just a really weird way to run a business but not surprising considering they have one of the weirdest ownership front office situations in the league well could it be though that you know like we mentioned in part one or two that his camp didn't want him to go to orlando and so they were the ones saying no because you're right like why wouldn't orlando or at least bringing him in Hmm. Well, I said this about uh, about Chet because there were some rumors before the draft that hey, it was you know Chet wanted to be in OKC, didn't necessarily you know want to be in Orlando, which I thought was weird. I think he would just want to be the first pick and do that. But I kind of I, I have to say I got to give kudos to the Magic front office because just pick the best guy. I always said it. Don't worry about that. Who cares? Like bring in the guy that you think is going to be awesome. And if they think Paolo's the guy that's going to be awesome, who cares? Like workout chatter, whatever. This is the guy that we wanted. You target him. You just take him and don't ask any questions later. Um, but I have, I have a quick update for you, Bill, too, actually, uh, on Jaden Ivey. Apparently, yeah. just speaking of terrible front offices, 
apparently there were a ton of teams calling the Pistons after they took Ivy, asking if he was available, which would mean that there could have been a ton of trade opportunities for the Kings at four to move that to move that pick because a lot of teams wanted to move up and they didn't do it and they took Keegan Murray. So I that again, it's just the the lack of competency from the Kings, like decades and decades of this. Like I just feel bad for Kings fans. It's such a bummer because Vivek's a really nice guy and it just seems like he needs somebody in his life who can run the basketball team. This has been his entire career. You know who's always told me that you should take the best player is Rosillo. That's been one of your one of your mantras. Yeah, it's amazing take, philosophy. <laughs> take the best guy. So maybe Orlando just, I wonder if they had Jabari for a while and then last night they were just at a dinner and they were like, wait a second, what are we doing? <laughs> they were like, I thought you didn't want to take Paolo and it was like one of those and they just went around and like, so should we take him? And then all of a sudden they're taking him. Might have been it. Yeah, it doesn't mean it works all the time and it doesn't mean that you aren't also aren't projecting and stuff, but I just... I really don't like the fit rule. I don't. I think that's when you make mistakes. I, you know, Bill and I were going over the Minnesota Timberwolves mistake of not taking Curry twice. You know, that's yeah. that's a different. It's hey, my team screwed up this draft pick. Hey, welcome to the club. No, 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 no. We passed on him twice and took two other guards. Although we went over the Rubio history, which was relevant to the conversation. But when Portland starts going, hey, let's get cute. We get Jarrett Jack later because we like this wing because be, because mm. we took Telfair. And you don't yeah. take Chris Paul or Darren Williams, like that's when you fuck things up, man. Yeah. Well, Washington took Johnny Davis at the tenth pick. I feel like that wasn't a fuck up. That was probably the right pick. Um, KOC, who'd you have going there in your mind? And did you think that was a good pick? I had Davis at ten to the Wizards. Um, right. So yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of you lot go of KOC. In, a lot of intel was playing there for the last couple of days, but if be assuming Beal stays. I like that backcourt. You know, Davis yeah. can provide some defense in the backcourt next to Bradley Beal, some good balance. Um, you know, I'm curious what you think with with Davis. You know, he's a it comes with accolades out of college. Uh, more of a mid-range guy needs to extend his range, but I like the passing. He hits tough shots, but at the NBA level, I I, I haven't been able to fall in love with him though yet cuz he just hasn't been efficient from outside the paint. Uh, so in that sense, I don't love the pick. I don't love him as a prospect, but I mean, six four, six five, uh, can post up for you too. Uh, it's, it'll be intriguing to see how they use him next to Bradley Beal. I'm, if they bring Beal back, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of the off ball stuff like we did when he was with John Wall. I guess uh, I my fear, my fear with him, Marcelo, is he's like two inches too short for where I want him to be. And I worry yeah. about the short shooting guard sometimes. I mean, Gary Harris was like the perfect example. I just feel like Gary, six foot six Gary Harris would have been unbelievable. Six foot three Gary Harris, it's it just always felt like an issue. And Davis just seems he measured he measured better than you might have thought though, because I I felt like when I watched him play again, I think it's really like when I watch Ivy and somebody else is supposedly the same size as him, I go, I don't know, Ivy just looks like a bigger person to me. You know the way yeah. he's built, um, some of the other stuff. Davis measured at just under six six. All right. And for those Is that, that true? With yeah. sneakers on or no sneakers? Yeah. No, but it's the sneakers thing, which is what we use yeah. across the board still. I remember they said they were going to change at KOC, but Oh, they're, they're, you know, we're back to sneakers now for NBA measurements. Well, mm. the thing is, is when everybody else coming in was with the sneaker measurement, I don't know then why we're supposed to treat the newest class as two inches shorter, inch and a half shorter <laughs> across the board. It doesn't yeah, make any fair. sense. And and we also keep everybody on the sneaker measurement 
um, no matter how much taller they get, you know, there's guys that grow after the fact. So he's also got the six and a half, eight uh, inch wingspan, which, you know, can make up for some of that size. Here's what's important about the shooting numbers. All right. He was 43 and 30 percent. All right. 40, 43 overall, 30.6 from three, uh, four attempts per game. Last season as a freshman, he was 44 and 39% from three in the splits, less shots. But this was not a very good Wisconsin team. And he had to save their ass on so many possessions that I look at some numbers with players and I go, okay, is this a great reflection of who he is as a shooter? Hell, like Max Christie from Michigan State, I like his form. He just never goes in. <laughs> and it, like maybe we'll get to him later in the first round. With Davis, he takes some bad shots, but he also had to take a lot of bad shots. So I don't know if that shooting number is a true reflection of him. His rebounding's insane. He plays basketball like a football player. So I think the mental part of it, he has a he has a chance. But I'm with you. Like I always felt like he was as as a starting guard in the NBA for ten years. That would be pretty amazing because I'm not sure that's what I see right now. Well, the most exciting words in the. NBA draft every year. The Knicks are on the clock. And the Knicks are on the clock. Do we know their pick, KOC? They took Usman Jang, who we talked about on your pod earlier in the week, Bill. International prospect, 6'10". Yeah. It, it, it's going to be, I mean, we said in one of the earlier parts, the Knicks were potentially moving this pick. I know a lot of teams were worried, including OKC at 12, Cleveland at 14, about Jang falling to them. I uh, wonder if we'd say a move here or if the Knicks are just drafting for upside because Jang isn't ready to, you know, put them in the po- postseason, but he's a bucket getter, you know, or theoretically a bucket getter. If a shot develops, he can pass uh, versatile defensive player. That's the one thing. And when we talk about raw players, uh, we often talk about offense, but I don't think Jang's all that raw on defense. You can see the way he moves, the way he rotates on uh, the defensive end of the floor in the NBL last year playing against grown men. I like Jing a lot. Uh, I had him top 10 on my board. Uh, so for the Knicks, this is an upside pick. And maybe they could trade it. We'll see. Rosillo, you loved him. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. He was one of the first guys when I get caught up and dove into this. I almost wanted to put him at five like one week. Mm. Uh, which might be crazy because I also watch him play and go, all right, I see how this doesn't work. Uh, there have been a rumor now for weeks that he's promised oh. to Cleveland 14. Uh, OKC okay, okay, did him. a lot of work on him. So they get, they're getting him, Ryan. So they're they getting him. him. All right. That's yeah. what I... Yeah. Th- Thunder sending multiple first round picks to New York from Woj. Yeah, interesting. Because after Rosillo was done with that point, I was going to point out that I just th- didn't seem like an on brand pick for the Knicks. Totally, I think <laughs> I think Leon and Wes are under a lot of pressure. Like this is basically they have to get a star and they have to the team needs to succeed. And it seemed hard hard to imagine Tibbs being like, "Hey, here's this." young raw guy can you mold him for the next couple of years i think they want to win right away so uh this is a very okc pick this is the it most makes OKC-ish. way more sense because yeah. okc so was one of the three teams i was talking with new zealand this week and i was like give me the teams that are the most on usman and okc was one of them the knicks were never mentioned so you know we because when i'd heard the cleveland rumor i'm like i just don't i think he's too much of a prospect to last until 14 because of the size and he can handle and the way he doesn't really get sped up you know, you double him and he's like, all right, cool. I'll just pass over the top of you. He basically was two different players this season. He stunk in the first half of the season. He was terrific in the second half. He was clearly the Breakers' most talented player. And if you, I mean, if, you, if you're if you an OKC fan and you really want to dig into this, watch him play Southeast Melbourne, Southeast, uh, Southeast Melbourne, I believe, uh, the Phoenix. He's insane in that game. And he's good defensively on the rotations, as KSC was talking about. 
Sarudi, how many times has Rosillo dropped? I was talking to New Zealand earlier this week <laughs> in a conversation since you've known him. He's a big international guy. He's uh, loves. You really He's, are. You're like international Rosillo. You're like this year. Powers. No, international I was, man of mystery. People were calling me O2 Chad Ford for weeks because <laughs> I like I like Jovic too. <laughs> And we haven't even talked about Pochita yet. So I was I was very, very Yugoslavian Chad Ford uh the this year. Oh, I, I have know. a I have a Jovic ruling for you guys. I think he has to go to with either Nick or Nikki because the Jokic Jovic thing is just too fucking confusing. And you know what you know who's here first? Nikola Jokic. So you've either got to be Nick Jovic or you gotta be Nikki Jovic, but you don't get to be Nikola. You gotta give it up. I'm sorry. I, I'm gonna screw that up for the next ten years. It's too hard. Or he's got to throw like a middle initial in there, like Michael B. Jordan, just to like mix it up. It's got to be something <laughs> right. like that. Yeah, if he has one, you got to put that in. So what do you think that the whole point of OKC just stockpiling all these extra picks is so Presty can just get excited during the draft and overpower somebody to move up like a spot? This is a perfect example. So what do the Knicks do now with this number 12 pick, KOC? Maybe A.J. Griffin. That's a the guy they've been connected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of Duke, maybe Jalen Duran as well. Memphis Center. Uh, those are the names I've heard connected to the Knicks when they were at 11. So I'd, I'd expect one of those two at 12. Unless and Charlotte's going to get one of those big guys with one yeah, of the two picks. They, they want Duran or Mark Williams either at 13 or 14 or f- 13 or 15. But since Cleveland has 14 and they have a whole bunch of bigs, they probably let that big fall to 15. Then again, the team could trade up to 14. Who knows? We could take both. Could take both. The platoon situation. Mm. Try to go one for two. That was always my strategy with the QBs. Yeah, so OKC, Chet, Poku, and Dang, front line, Rosillo? What do you think? He might replace SGA's Ooh. point guard. Um, <laughs> no, he's, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not ready. I, it would surprise me if he's, but I think you would see flashes from him a little bit. I, you know, I Sounds I like the perfect him. OKC pick. He's not huh. ready. So, uh, <laughs> Woj just said the Thunder still have the 12th pick. It's not part of the Knicks trade. So, the Knicks traded out of 11, or it's a more complicated deal. And they just took Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara at 12. So, OKC in this oh. draft has already gotten Chet Holmgren, Usman Jang, and Jalen Williams. And I am in love with what they're doing right now. So, I told Kyle, man, we were texting about Williams, and I, I was just... I wish there was a way to bet on it. There were no Jalen Williams odds that I could find, but I just thought he was going to end up in the lottery. Too good. Rousseau's a little more lukewarm on him. He tested really well athletically. Um, and we're also talking about a dude who's 6'6", six, six, just under 6'6", six, six and has a 7'2 plus wingspan. So if we're talking length records here, uh, OKC's going for it. Um, all wingspan team. He's really good, and he, he, um, you know, his playmaking, you know, I always kind of default to like, oh, you've got the ball a lot, but you can pass and you're a willing teammate. Like, that means a lot to me, and he has yeah. that kind of stuff. But even though he tested really well athletically, I'm not sure that's what I saw from the player. And maybe it doesn't matter, but I, I don't know how you feel about it, KOC, because some guys are like, no, no, look at all the testing, look at all that stuff. I was like, I, you know, I went through it, I watched him. And I, I didn't always, I think it was, he was a much more impressive intelligence player than it was necessarily the physical stuff. 
I just think with Jalen Williams, like at Santa Clara, the last two years, he led that team in assists. He was asked to be a creator. It's kind of like you were talking about with Johnny Davis earlier, something that he had to do. But he shot 44% on catch and shoot threes as a junior, improved every year as a shooter, really clicked for him as a junior, came off screens, handoffs. Like that dude's a smart player and applied off the ball too. So multi-positional defender, you hope, as he grows into his body with 6'6", long wingspan, a good spot-up shooter who can do a little bit at the least off the dribble. He can make the right pass. He can play for others. He's unselfish. And maybe if the scoring ability continues to, to develop, he can run some pick and roll for you, be an ISO scorer. So I think it's an upside selection, even though he's 21 years old, because there's a, a floor for him to at least be uh, a 3 and D type of player around SGA and everything else that OKC team has and also provides upside as a late blooming prospect in college and maybe in the NBA too. He also, this is a high number, almost 40% of his possessions were pick and roll ball handler. Yes. That when you're at like 40% on the possession, like anything over 30 is a pretty dominant portion of your offense. And I think what led, this is the highest riser in the first round of any player in this draft from where he was. I didn't think he was great in the first combine game that I saw. Combine doesn't really mean shit. But he, I think what people like about him is that I can, I get these things and I don't have to actually have him play that position. And he's got a seven, two plus wingspan. Sarudi, I have a lead for an ESPN segment for you. Are the Knicks stockpiling all these picks because they want to target Donovan Mitchell? That's next. Because I'm sure the Knicks didn't love anyone at 11, but OKC's willing to pay 125 cents in the dollar or whatever to get into that 11 spot. The Knicks get all these extra picks. My guess is they're assembling some sort of war chest for somebody. So who is the somebody? Kyrie. <laughs> I don't I don't even think you need a lot of picks for Kyrie, do you? That's true. I, who knows? I I don't know. It's, it seems like they're they're the team that would aim for Donovan Mitchell or an eight in or somebody that would be awesome, and then they'd end up with a Kyrie Irving probably like three or four years too late um, and give up way too much in the process. But I like the idea of it. I mean, yeah, like if, if I'm a Knicks fan, if I'm JJ right now, I'm going, what the hell is my team doing? Like we have if, if you're not going to have a pick this year, at least, you know, not have 11 or 12, you've got to come away with something interesting. So that makes me think, yeah, they're going after a player. Let's uh let's bring in JJ and he's gonna tell us what he thinks. I don't know, bro. I I I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, bro. Unless you have those picks. Damn it. I I I should have studied the JJ more. The bro I did is better yeah, the last the bro is, time. That's all you need. The bro is big. He's just JJ just cares about Aaron Judge. That's it. I think the Knicks are in. We need to overpower somebody and try to get a star mode. And I just don't know who that is. Yeah, imagine doing that and Kyrie's the answer to what you're doing. Like I know. What it would be like? It'd be awesome headlines. It'd be like, oh my god, we own the back page. You stuck it to the nets. And it's like, oh, okay. Now what? Though, so, so that's why I'm the Kyrie. Stunned by the, I I don't get the people talk about Kyrie like he's the Kyrie from 2016. And there's just the evidence is just not there anymore for it. He can get there, you know, the random Orlando game where he hasn't played for a week and he puts up like 55, 60 on somebody, but. I thought the Celtics series, I would be, if I was trading for Kyrie, I would really watch those last three Celtic games pretty carefully. Have you heard any uh, Celtics rumors, KOC? You think they're sitting this draft out? What are they doing? Um, I've heard if they trade into the first round, maybe Tari Eason out of LSU could hmm. be a guy they like. You guys like him, right? Yeah, I, he's cool. Uh, like I'm him. not his sign. He's fine. Yeah. The analytics love him. 
I cannot believe he got the calls he got in college games. And I have a hard time believing that an NBA ref is going to go, oh, you just barreled into everybody and got the free throws. The, he, I, I get like the block against Alabama. He blocks the, a game-winning shot and blocks it, goes coast to coast and scores to win the game. Um, so some people really like him. And like I said, the numbers really like him. But offensively... Well, wait a second. If he barrels into people, he sounds like he's the perfect addition to the Celtics team. That was their entire <laughs> offense the last two rounds. <laughs> Just people dribbling into th- three other people. Oh, people like him. I'm in the minority on that one. So, okay. I, you know, it could be wrong. What do we have? Who's Charlotte taking, KOC? I don't think we know yet, do we? We don't have that pick? Charlotte keeping be- it under the vest? I don't believe so, no. No, but you're right about the Cleveland thing. Like, do you take Mark Williams just because you're fearful that Cleveland could actually trade it and screw up your whole plan if they had their eyes on Usman? To this point, well, like, and with Durant, 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 too, yeah. Durant's still in the mix here where I, I got to think we're getting close to his floor. Um, for the most part, I mean, Jalen, you know, it's it's not a total shock that he went in, but, you know, somebody else has bounced out here. I'm just trying to think, like, how many other names? I, I don't know if Charlotte tries to get cute with this and, and think they can get Williams 15 just kind of calling Cleveland's bluff. But that's where it gets a little scary when you're going through this process being like, well, they're not going to take him with Jarrett and Mobley. Yeah, but, but if this was a fantasy draft, I would take A.J. Griffin here because I would assume that's the guy Cleveland was going to take if I didn't take him. So I could get A.J. Griffin and then get my choice of bigs at 15. Is that the move? I think I think that's the reasonable thing to do because if you take Griffin at 13, you're guaranteed one of those two bigs at 15. Yeah. And probably both. Well, I, I just not guaranteed, Cleveland, though. Right, because Cleveland could take one, but I, I don't know. I, I would be surprised. No, Cleveland could no, trade you, pick. You know what I'm saying? You, oh, you would good be guaranteed point. one of the two. Like If you take if you take yeah. Griffin at 13, only one of them can go at 14 before your pick at 15. I just so There's you, plenty of stories where teams got cute and yeah. then it was like, ah, we, we, we like Mark Williams way more, but this is where, you know, you got to trust your information. And it doesn't mean even well, the information you have is the, right. The, the, you know. pick, the pick is in. They're taking Jalen Duran at number 13. So they're not risking it. Mm. They don't have a coach, but they have a 13th pick. I think the coach situation with them has been one of the weirder under the radar basketball stories in a while. First of all, that their season ended two months ago and they still don't have a coach as unusual. But then the Atkinson thing not working out and then having to go back to Dantoni. Like, hey, how you doing? Did you see the Clifford rumor today? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. Saruti. <laughs> I love it. I actually don't think he's that bad of a coach. but I, I don't mean, think so either. I, I, would, I don't know. But I get why that would be such an underwhelming thing if you're a Hornets fan. I mean, granted, you know, there's a lot of underwhelming things about being a Could they hire fan, Borrego back? They should have yeah, never fired him. Yeah, yeah, hey, dude, our bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, he'll play uh, Zeller and Plumlee. Co-coach? Ahead uh, of Duran. That's what he'll do. Mm. Um. So the big, man, there's been a lot of weird shit in this draft. I can't wait. We're going to stop after pick 15. And then we're going to come back after the first round for winners and losers. But it's weird. The OKC feels like they went all in a little bit, but at the same time, they didn't go all in in a way that would, you know, inadvertently propel them into the playoffs. Like they went all in on like a ton of potential and weird size OKC stuff and all the things that that we've kind of known them for the last couple of years. but. I don't feel like it really damaged their chance to get uh, our guy Vic from France, KOC. No, that didn't damage their chances of uh, being bad next year. They're just going to be long, lengthy. I I love what they did, Bill. 
Uh, I love this OKC roster. I, I mean, I, no offense to the Magic, Saruti, but I, I'm I'm taking OKC with their amount of young guys that they have over anybody else in the NBA for best young core, and not to mention all the draft picks they have up upcoming as well. J- Jang and Williams, those two guys, getting them back to back, eleven and twelve. I mean, we'll see how these guys develop over the course of time, but. Everybody that they selected so far tonight, all three picks, they can play with Giddy and SGA. I, I, I oh, know you're, you're... They have a trade. A trade. Jalen Dern to the Knicks. Oh. Or it's traded him. Do we know the full package on the OKC Knicks thing? Wait. Sorry. No, Pistons are getting Duran at 13. Sham says the Hornets are getting him, and Woj says the Pistons are getting him. Huh. Oh boy! Oh wow! wow. This is oh. it. We're finally we go. Head. They're, they're battling. We've been waiting. <laughs> Does that mean he has to sit out the year? Oh, source confirms Knicks are acquiring Jalen Duran from. Is it Duran or Duran? It's Duran, right? Duran. I really want to call him Duran, but my my pronunciation dyslexia is trying to force me there. But I know it's Duran. Okay, so it looks like. Wait, so, <laughs> so Woj has the the Pistons getting him. Shams has the Hornets getting him, and then Ian Begley says the Knicks are getting him. <laughs> I don't know if we've seen this before. A three-way? Yeah, I don't a, know. A three, three-way. Two people are going to be wrong. And we'll find out, but... Yeah, Shams hasn't corrected it yet. Well, neither is Woj. Why would the Pistons want him? Maybe they don't want to get Aiton for 30-plus million. Why not? I, I just don't understand. We got to spend it on somebody. Yeah. 120 million for four years for Aiton. I'm doing that every time. First my, my, year, how about, how about Miles Bridges last year's is expiring. Miles Bridges? Unless you're waiting for, yeah, it could be Bridges or unless you're waiting, like we said before, you know, cap absolving, uh, absorbing, excuse me, absorbing somebody else's cap hit. You know, I'm sorry, do I, is it okay if I don't want to pay Miles Bridges $30 million a year? Would you rather pay him or Aiton 30 plus? Aiton. I love your hands your, down. Aiton stuff right now because I felt like Aiton fucking ra- like made the finals. Q rating's way too low. I don't get it. I liked him. I, I like some of the stuff he was doing in the New Orleans series. I think that Suns season just got weird. We don't know what happened with the COVID stuff. There's an alternate universe where they don't have the COVID thing and maybe they just beat Dallas and maybe they beat Golden State and they beat the Celtics. I don't know. Cass um, picked a, a Baji. Out of oh, Kansas at 14. Who took him? Uh, Cleveland at 14. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah. Not a big fan, Ryan? I think he is. First of all, going back and watching that Kansas team, that team was so freaking smart because it's not even a top five talented Bill Self Kansas team. It, it, yeah. You know, I think they might not even be top 10. They win a title. Watching all those guys individually and seeing how well they played together, how smart they were, it was awesome. But Abaji just always left me wanting a little bit more. Um, Maybe he hits that three and D. Like he's actually one guy. Like I get so sick of oh three and D. It's like, well, when's he going to get the three part? You know, like these long dudes that play a little defense that don't make any threes. Abaji, I think, gives you that. But I still need somebody. Maybe it's just them bringing Sexton back. And I, I don't think the Levert thing ever works. But for for them to be better, they need another on ball creator offensively. And maybe it happens in another transaction. I just don't know if Abaji has enough of that in him. So, do you disagree, Casey? No, I, I'm with you. I, I bumped him down my board to around 20. I like him, just don't love him. So, I have a theory because there's a lot of confusion about this Jalen Duran thing. <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, 
and that the Knicks are acquiring him. Woj is now saying he's ultimately going to end up on Detroit. It feels like the Knicks might have acquired Jaden Ivey is my working theory here. Because well, if the they Knicks got a bunch of Kemba. picks from OKC, the which one? Kemba's going to Detroit too. That's part of your theory. Well, so if they got a bunch of picks for 11 and then they traded one of them for 13 for Duran, and then they're doing some sort of deal with Detroit, it makes me wonder, did they godfather offer Detroit for number five for Ivy? It's conceivable. We know they liked Ivy. I'll tell you who'd be happy, JJ. I mean, Toppin could be in that trade. Reddick. Um, a future first rounder, et cetera, et cetera. We'll find out. Who's the 15th pick? Do we know before we go? We don't know yet. If you're the Knicks, are you happier with Ivy or would you rather trade a bigger package for Donovan Mitchell? Uh, I'd still rather take Mitchell just because I know that it's happened and it's happened at an all-star level and he's played in playoff games. So as my, I can love Ivy, but there's something to me when you're still really young and I've actually seen you do it at a really high level and arguably be one of the 15 best players in the league all the time. I, I'm going to have a hard time not trading a draft pick for that. Here's my answer. If I think I might get fired in a year, if my team doesn't get better, it's Mitchell. <laughs> you're if right, I'm though. Being, if I'm being an evil genius and it's like, hey, we've rebuilt this and Ivy's going to be the guy and just you got to give this a couple of years. Now I get to stay in that job. So I would probably take Ivy if I was worried about getting fired. That'd be my pick. Do you have Mitchell any more part comps? Before I we do, go. actually. But do we want to save those for part four? Yeah, we should Come save on. those for part give four. Us, give us one. Let's yeah, give us it. one more. Uh, well, he compared Matherin to OG Ananobi, and people are just saying that makes absolutely zero sense. Oh, my God. That's not how. I, you know, there's one that there, I want to tease. There's, there's, there, uh, there's one there's I'm teasing. I don't want to say the best one. I don't want to say the best one. Do we have a 15th pick yet? Nope. You know what? You were right, Bill. You're driving this ship. I made you stick around for another one because I wanted to see if it was Mark Williams to kind of round out what they were doing. And I, I screwed up the whole vibe here the last couple of minutes. That's on me. And that's what leaders do. I don't feel like you screwed up anything. I don't know. I feel like it's been <laughs> we, dead for two minutes. <laughs> we, oh. So now they're saying, my theory was wrong. I'm glad we stayed on. Now they're saying, they use Jalen Duran, moved them to the Pistons to dump the Kedma Walker contract so they could make the Jalen Brunson offer because they needed to shed salary, which is hilarious because they never should have signed, signed Kemba Walker in the first place. They could have just asked anyone to watch any Celtic game. And now, okay, now the Pistons are sending the Hornets a the 2025 first round pick they got from Jeremy Grant. This is so confusing. You know what? We're going to, uh, we'll come yeah, let's back stop for talking. winners and losers. Yeah, let's stop talking. <laughs> when we do winners and losers part four, we are going to uh, figure out all this. Thanks to Russell and Cassie. Thanks to Sarudi. Thanks to Kyle Creighton as always for producing. And uh, we'll see you a little bit later for winners and losers part four. <laughs> 